The search is finally over. The Rangers have hired Peter Laviolette as their new head coach, Molly. It was a safe hire, but a guy with a good track record and has been to three Stanley Cups. He's won one. What do you think of the move, Molly? Well, we'll get into it with Larry soon, but I just want everybody to, listening to know that we hear you. We understand your frustrations and maybe some of the things we say later in the show will make you feel a little bit better about the hire. Molly and Brooksy will give their insight on LaViolette and it's all coming up next on an emergency episode of Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post. Ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you direct your attention to center ice Welcome back to Up in the Blue Seats podcast, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Molly, it's been a while. Jake Brown, Molly Walker here, Larry Brooks of the New York Post will join us in just a second. What has it been, five weeks, Molly? Your, your hair has changed to curly. Both of us look tan as hell, like we've got some time in the sun in. How's, uh, how's I guess, the break been? There's not been a lot of news, but finally we do have some news. Yeah, it was definitely definitely a lengthy coaching search. Chris Jury was was not mincing words when he said he was going to take his time and and really do a a diligent vetting process and that's exactly what we got, but I mean that's that's kind of a a trademark of Chris Jury, so it's not really unexpected. Um but yeah, it was just a bit of a waiting game every day trying to find out who they're leaning towards, who they're talking to. Um, It wasn't the most robust search, but that was obviously a testament to who was available at this summer. It was quite a ride. So uh, we've landed on Peter LaViolette. So I'm kind of just happy that it's over and ready to do the draft and then have a bit of a summer before the season starts. 18 full seasons, parts of three. He's won a Stanley Cup. Uh, Unfortunately, he's last year coaching the Capitals. First year, they missed the playoffs and almost a decade from all I'm seeing from Ranger fans, Molly, people are pissed off and they're saying same old Rangers. And this is the same thing all over again. I haven't seen one positive Rangers fan. We'll start with your reaction. Get something from hearts before Larry pops on. Uh, what do you think of that? And what do you think of the hire? I understand it more than most. I I really, really understand why Ranger fans aren't happy. Why this seems like a, a bit of a, not a bit of a, it is a recycle. Um, Peter Laviolette is a known entity. He, you know, there is no unknown about him. Everybody knows where he's been, his track record and things like that. I, I understand the disappointment. I do. But if you, if you look at the big picture of things, what was available, the fact that they could not move forward with Gerard Gallant. Look, once you get that impression from the players that the coaches lost the room, they don't want to play for him anymore, no matter what, somebody else is going to be a better option. And I have seen the argument of why did we let Gerard Gallant go? And it, and it's all valid. It totally is. I don't think Gerard Gallant did necessarily did anything worth getting fired for. He had back-to-back 100-plus point seasons, two playoff appearances, one conference final finish. And yes, this last season was a colossal disappointment in every way, shape, or form. But it, the track record wasn't necessarily worthy of getting let go. That being said, obviously, the exit interviews indicated something else, and that is the most important thing. So no matter what, that was the right decision because they could what, – what are they going to do? Five, six, seven games into the season, they're 0-3 and whatever – 
and and you fire the coach midseason, that would be worse probably than having to go through this process this summer, even though it was such a shallow pool of candidates. Peter Laviolette was the favorite from the very beginning, from the moment the Capitals let him go in mid-April and then Gerard Gallant was let go. Peter Laviolette on paper is hands down the most qualified person for this job. And I think that that's honestly all Ranger fans should be trying to harp on. He's led three different teams to the Stanley Cup final, one at once. And yes, I understand he hasn't had a lot of recent playoff success. I can say that I know that the Rangers looked at his stint in Washington as disappointing as it was. It was they think that it was because of the injuries that piled up there, which also makes sense. But yeah, his last go around was not encouraging, not inspiring. So I understand the disappointment. But if you look at his body of work, try to focus on that a little bit more. This is an established guy. He's worked with a lot of different talented players, a lot of different teams with a lot of different personalities. And he's shown that he can take several different clubs to the final. And I think that that's something that everybody should try to harp on. I get it. It's not sexy. There's nothing sexy about it. But, you know, I think it is the best case scenario considering the circumstances that the Rangers were under this offseason. Yeah, he's the fourth coach to take uh, three different teams to Stanley Cup finals. He's working away around the Eastern Conference. Andrew Hartz, before Brooksy pops on as a big Ranger fan, what is your reaction? Are you underwhelmed by this? Underwhelmed is probably the best way to put it. But the problem, it's like Molly said, there really wasn't anybody else out there. I mean, I was curious to see if they would go along the likes of Joel Quinville. But again, someone who's embattled with controversy, did the Rangers really want to take on that PR hit? I don't think they did. Did Quinville want to take on that spotlight after everything that he's been through? The answer is no. Same with Mike Babcock. Why would they want to, after everything that they've been through, why would they want to come here and have us all, you know, rip the organization, rip the hire? It's just a too big of a stage. I get why that didn't happen as well, obviously. Exactly. And that's the thing. And, and you know, obviously someone like him has, you know, a great deal of expertise, but that's where you look at Peter Laviolette. And, you know, again, he knows how to manage the media. He knows how to manage a team. Is he the most sexy hire? No, but he feels like a sure thing. And in sports where nothing is a sure thing, um, and the Rangers are very much a veteran-based team where you have a lot of guys. And this kind of feels like, to me, it's 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 Chris Drury's last stand. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like he had to get the coaching decision right. Uh, it's a little bit of a safer call. So, again, like, I don't blame him. Um, Peter Laviolette, you know, he has had a bit of underwhelming last couple stints and whatnot. But, look, he's been in Philadelphia. He's been in Washington. He's been all around the league. This feels like a guy that when it comes to a New York Ranger hiring, this feels right. You know what I'm saying? Where th- this this feels like after so many weeks of speculation, who is it going to be, whatnot? At the end of the day, it was always going to be Peter Laviolette. And so maybe I came to terms with it a few weeks ago, just realizing that this is where we're going down and it's not, you know, the big time hire. But I think this is what is best for the Rangers right now. And look, you know, we'll probably have a couple years of, of him and we'll see if he's able to t- take the Rangers to the playoffs. And that's at the end of the day, that's what the Rangers have been needing. They need someone that can guide them, get them to the Stanley Cup finals. And um, if they're able to do that, that's where you got to harp on your players and hope that they're the ones that will be able to guide you and take it home from there. So not 
a sexy pick, but you know what? It's probably best for the Rangers right now. All right. It's been a while, but it's good to check back in with our Hall of Famer, Larry Brooks. Follow him on Twitter at NYP underscore Brooksy. Larry, Peter Laviolette, your thoughts? The Rangers hired a, a competent coach. Uh, you know, he's a competent NHL coach. Let's, you know, let's, yeah, <laughs> bottom, bottom line, they hired a hot. Competent. But, but, <laughs> Leave it at that. <laughs> he's competent. Listen, he can, I think he, I, I think he will be able to get players' attention. And I, and I think that because of the force of his personality, I think because he comes in with some weight behind him, having taken, having won a Stanley Cup, having taken two other teams uh, to the final, having achieved, you know, a fair m- measure of success. He's the winningest American coach in, in in NHL history. He's the eighth winningest coach in NHL history. So, again, I, I was not damning him with faint praise when I said he's competent. I, I wasn't. That's the bottom line. He's a competent coach. And you don't know whether Chris Knobloch is going to be a competent NHL coach when you assign him the task of winning the Stanley Cup in his first season. And, and that's what Peter Laviolette is here to do. That's that's what the coaching search was about. It wasn't about finding a long-term match. It wasn't about finding I, I think they they would have they would have loved to have found their own John Cooper. I, you know, I you know we talked about this it seems like months ago, but it was only five weeks ago, that every team wants to find its own John Cooper. Every every you know, every team wants to have a, a young coach come up through their system and then you know be a franchise coach the way players are are franchise players. And and I think the Rangers were open to that, but I just don't think they thought they found one. And I and I do think also, even you look back when John Cooper was hired, they were a good team in Tampa. They had good players, but I don't think there was a mandate for Tampa Bay to win in his first year. There's a mandate for the Rangers to win, whether that's realistic or not. That's the mandate. That's the expectation here. You know, there's there's really not very much wiggle room here. What what's going to be a successful season? For the Rangers, making the playoffs, well, you have to start there. But winning a round, winning two rounds, you know, what's what's going to be measured as success here? It's not about hiring a development coach. It's it's not about giving a young guy a shot. It's it's about hiring a guy who's going to get through to what's obviously a difficult team to coach. You know, this is now the third coach in four years. They've they've chewed through two polar opposites. They've chewed, you know, David Quinn and. Gerard Gallant, they're, they're polar opposites in, in the way they approach coaching. So they, they've gone through to, so so this is a tough team to coach. They're, they're a veteran group. They've, they've got some kids, we know that. Younger guys, basically on the back end. Just about everybody other than Hedl, uh Lafreniere, and Kako were, were uh, you know, 28 years old or, or older on, on their forwards. So it's a veteran team. They have a lot of no-move contracts. So, you know, you can't threaten a guy, well, we're going to move you if you don't play well. So I think they need a commanding a commanding voice in that room. And Peter Laviolette is a commanding voice. Um, is it the most exciting hire? You know, no one wants the recycle. You know, one, no one really loves the recyclables. But as I pointed out a number of times, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Bruce Cassidy won the Stanley Cup. He's on his third team, right? Paul Maurice, finals. Fifth tour of duty, two with with Carolina. Pete DeBoer, uh, conference finalist, f- 
five teams. And so, it, you know, it, it is, it, you know, the Rangers aren't an exception here. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're looking for someone with experience who has coached different kinds of teams, different kind of players. And honestly, I, I think, of course, they're going to have to make the playoffs and it's going to be a battle. We, we know that. Um, but assuming the team makes the playoffs and that's a dangerous assumption, but let's, let's just lay it out. Okay. They make the playoffs. That's only the first step. He's going to be judged on what they do after they make the playoffs. The Rangers are going to be judged on what they do after they make the playoffs. And so they have an experienced guy back there who, again, who has, has coached different kinds of teams. He's, he coached a veteran team in Carolina. They had a couple of younger guys. Eric Stahl was only 21 when they won the cup. So, you know, he had some young pieces, but that was a veteran team in Carolina. He had a younger team on the island. He had a young, very young team in Nashville that he that he brought along. I mean, you know, Yossi and Forsberg. I mean, you know, those guys were young. They were in their early 20s. Ryan Ellis, you know, they're core of that team. So he can coach young guys. Washington, I just think, is a dysfunctional situation. I think the Caps have, you know, just turned their operation over to the 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 goal record chase of Alexander Ovechkin. I, I don't think they're a serious operation right now. So I don't I don't judge Laviolette off his off his time in Washington. Obviously, neither do the Rangers. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm talking a lot. I should let you. I should let you. Talk. No, 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 no. Please, please. No, I mean. To, to your point about everybody wants to find the next John Cooper, the next Rod Brindamore, as soon as as soon as they started this coaching search, I just remember thinking that a first time guy is probably not the answer and shouldn't be the answer, especially if we're looking back at David Quinn's tenure. We saw the how that happened, the disconnect between him and the veterans. I really I understand the argument that you take the risk, it's a higher reward. You know, you give a guy his first shot, he could be, you know, a franchise coach. Jay Leach, I thought would have been great for that. All the people that I talked to about him, you know, he came with raving reviews, which I'm sure Drury heard about too. But are you really going to hand the keys over to a guy that has never done it before? But you know what's interesting too about that, Molly? And and I, I think people were excited about Jay Leach. Yeah. Um, so, I was excited about Jay Leach. <laughs> right. Uh, what my understanding is that Jay Leach didn't think he was ready for the Rangers as much as the Ra Rangers might not thought he was ready for them. I don't think Jay Leach and, and, and you know, I, I don't blame him. I don't know him. I, I don't. So um, I don't want to speak for him, but it's it's a it's a tough way to start, you know, because you, you're not guaranteed a second chance. And if you come in and get chewed up, so it, I think it was as much mutual as Jay Leach saying, "Listen, I don't, I don't. This is the right spot for me." So the Rangers say, "You know what? You know, we probably, you know, we agree." So look how yeah. long it took for David Quinn to get back into it, right? And David Quinn had a personal connection, right? Mike Greer, um, so you know he had that too. I think all in all, the, the you know, listen, I I, th I think if they had targeted Peter Laviolette, they would have hired him the first day. I think we all know that, you know, um, he was available. They could have hired him. But as, as has been reported widely, they were monitoring the situation with Mike Sullivan. I mean, they, they were. And and people can say, and, and look, it was always a long shot, but it wasn't necessarily a fantasy, you know, it, because 
you didn't know how it was going to work out with Kyle Dubas going to Pittsburgh. And and that had been around for, you know, a while. Um, it was no shock when Kyle Dubas wound up there. And, and, and there was the potential, the hypothetical scenario that, that Mike Sullivan and Kyle Dubas were not going to fit, that they both, you know, they, they both wanted the same sort of power. Um, Sullivan has been empowered by the ownership there to make, to make, you know, to become more than just a coach the way it appears that John Tortorella has been empowered in Philadelphia to have some say, We'll see how that works out. It, it's, you know, I, I think coaches should have input, but the GM, you know, makes the team and, and the coach coaches the, the roster he's given. That's always been, you know, that's that's always been a, an interesting conversation with Tortorella about the roster he's given and the roster he wants, but, you know, you don't get to coach. That's, a, that's for a different day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they, have a, they have a set of personnel here they believe that Laviolette can get through to them. Mike Sullivan didn't happen. They wanted to see if Sheldon Keith would become available for an interview. That didn't happen. And so they went, you know, so obviously Laviolette was okay with it. He didn't feel he was being disrespected. You know, there, there's no hint that Laviolette ever went to Drury and said, listen, if you don't, you know, I mean, you know, I, I need to know by tomorrow, you know, uh, that would have been an interesting uh move but i you know i i I think there was probably an understanding by them both john hines uh became available and and jury looked into him i think there was i think there was a stretch where john hines was was you know was neck and neck um but john hines doesn't have the record he he just doesn't i mean again i i heard how prepared john hines is the practices he runs detail oriented um in-game tactical you know adjustments but i think it was going to be a tougher sell not necessarily to the fan base because you you can't make trades you can't hire people off the reaction on social media or how the, the fan base is going to react right i mean yankee fans weren't happy when joe tory was hired you know it's not you know you know and and listen if ranger fans don't seem to like anyone who's who's who's, who's coaching their team they don't they like the next guy it's like it's like football fans always want the backup quarterback to play. Oh, we want this guy. We want this guy. It's like Ranger fans always want someone else to coach. Like Vino wasn't good enough. They went to the finals and won the president's trophy. But Vino was a horrible coach because he played Jesper Fust in the top six. He was terrible. He didn't play the kids. And then David Quinn, wow, this guy, he can't coach. He's not giving Lafreniere, you know, first line ice time and Gerard Gallant, oh, he's awful, you know. So I th- I don't think necessarily Hines would have been a tougher sell to the fan base. He would have, but I don't think that was part of it. I think he would have been a tougher sell with the team. Just saying, you know, what's he done? You know, you know, he hasn't won a playoff round. And, and not even that, it's kind of like you're hiring a coach to win four playoff rounds. And you, so now this guy hasn't even won team, one. Right, who has coached in the NHL for eight years. And hasn't won one. So, you know, I, I think in the end, um, it was the um, the resume of, of Peter Laviolette and and um, get to work. You know, I mean, honestly, I, th- I think, you know, the search was kind of interesting because it, it was stagnant for such a long time. They were just the same names. I mean, you know, I, I you know, Patrick Watt, you know, popped in, but they was he was never considered quickly shot down <laughs> and immediately shot down. 
<laughs> so, uh, you know, you have, again, a competent career NHL coach who has won, whose teams have won the eighth most games in history, who has won a Stanley Cup, who has gotten to the finals two other times. Is he Toe Blake? Probably not. <laughs> you know, is he Al Weber? No, he's not. But can he can he lead the Rangers through the playoffs? Yes, he can. Yes. I was going to say that I feel like of all the candidates, Peter Laviolette and John Hines were probably the only two that could handle the situation in New York, that could handle the the win now mandate, this collection of stars. You know, you look at the first time guys like I don't it was just too much of a daunting task for those. And we before you came on, we were talking about Mike Babcock and Joel Quinville. Why would those guys with what they just went through want to come to the spotlight of New York and just have it all be almost relived again is what would happen if they came here? I agree. I I think um, I wrote a a number of times that that Quenville was not going to be consideration and, and and he was not. This isn't a I told you so, but I just kept hearing from people that even if he is even if he is reinstated, that New York probably wasn't the best place for him to come back to. And and that no one really thought that I, I, you know, I've I've been told that Quenville's, uh, you know, Quenville. Now, listen, if he had been offered the job, would he have accepted it? I you know who knows. But I don't think that, you know, I I, wonder. But then again, if the job were still open, we don't know if if Bettman would have reinstated him. I mean, you know, it was just all this. I it was not the right place for him, you know, a, a smaller market where he might be able to slide under the radar for a bit if he can, because you know it's a different time now. You don't just turn the page on this, you know. Wherever he goes, there's going to be an issue. But I don't know that New York was the place, and and Mike Babcock, I don't think was ever a consideration. I know. You know, Glenn Sather has a long long relationship with him. I think an interview was done sort of out of respect for Glenn. And and again, I, you're right. I don't I don't think Babcock had any inclination to return to the NHL here, where his his past would be churned through just about every day. Oh yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent. So here's us. yeah, I was about to say by the two people sitting here. Here's my next question to you. So when the Rangers first hired Gerard Gallant, same sort of format, which I think is so funny. Toward the end of your initial article, you know, you got into a little bit of his the deficiencies that that he was known for. You know, not much of an X's and O's guy, um, which ended up being an issue for him in the long run. Curious what you've heard about Laviolette, where his weak points might be, um, your thoughts on that. You know, he's, he's, he can be an emotional guy. I, I think, I think one of his, I think one of his weak points is that, that he kind of wears on you after he's there for a while. I think it just becomes a little bit much, but that's not going to be the issue here because again, it's, it's, he's really being brought in as a, as a gunslinger. Right. It, for that just, last time. Just to take care of this job. Yeah. Just take, you know, just take care of this job. So I think, you know, his first year, has you know, he's been wildly successful. His first year everywhere, even in Washington, they had a, they had a good first year. They, they got bounced out of the playoffs in the first round. It was after the 56 game season, right? So it was, you know, so it was a little, you know, things, you know, it was a little strange, but, but, he, but Washington had a good year too under him. So, you know, so, but everywhere else, 
And again, if you separate Washington, everywhere else he's been, he's been a while, you know, his teams have, have improved markedly in, in the first year. So I think that's what you, you look for. And, and, you know, teams generally seek to fill in the blanks from the, from the predecessor. I mean, you, you go the other way. You don't hire a, a you know, a, a carbon copy of the guy who just let go. So where David Quinn's deficiencies maybe were in his relationships with the players because he was, you know, because, you know, he's a, he's a guy who wants to have relationships with all his players. That's this that's the way he operated in college. That's the way he was successful in college. And so he always seemed to be in the players' businesses. He was always, you know, seemed to be looking over their shoulders. And, and I think it was, you know, entirely benevolent. I think, you know, David Quinn was thinking like, hey, how can I help you? How can I help you? You know, you know, what are you thinking? You know, what what can we do? You know, how, but you know, these are pros, and and they don't they don't want that. And, and then so, Gallant was the polar opposite. Right, and, actually, and exactly. Like... Gallant was the polar opposite. Just go play. <laughs> just just go play. And didn't speak to any of them before the first day of training camp. Right, he didn't, like... right. He didn't want to meet them. He didn't, no, doesn't yeah. talk to them. He called Adam Fox right because he won the because he yeah. won the. Right. Yeah, that was, and that was it. That was it. Right. <laughs> so, but you know, it was it was basically, and then when you talk to guys, uh, his first year, you know, they, they, they loved that. They, they loved it. That. Oh, we just yeah. come to the rank, you know, yeah, just show do up, what do we your do. job. We, you know, he trusts. But there were, but there were holes. You know, the, uh, you know, the, the players in the end thought that they weren't getting enough help. They thought that they weren't being coached well enough. They listen. I, I, I don't think there's any. Anyone had an issue with with Gallant as an individual. Um, he treated players the way, and, and we we talked about this through the you know the two years. He treated players the way he wanted to be treated as a player. He was very very respectful. Now listen, I'm sure there were squabbles behind closed doors, and you know we know the relationship with Lafreniere was a little bit wonky. How many times did we, you know, did we say, did we write that he talks about you know he talked about Lafreniere a little bit differently than he talked about any other player. You know, he, you know, he wouldn't hesitate to jab Lafreniere where he really never did it to anybody you know, else. And, and then when he did, <laughs> he get mad at us, <laughs> you know, it was just a very strange relationship, but, you know, again, I think Gallant is a very popular person. He's, a, you know, he's, he's a good guy and obviously he can coach too. 110 points and 107 points. Yeah, That's you can't argue with that. You can't argue with that. I think one of my, what I'm most excited about LaViolette in terms of how he's going to fit well with this team, you had an awesome co column on Patrick Waugh and what he could bring and that's the emotion and the passion and the fire which you know we've we wrote about it this past season about how they don't really have a player like that in the locker room right. jacob Very truba yes jacob Very truba is a yeah. lead by example kind of player the helmet toss was an out of character spur of the moment organic thing that happened that was not calculated and in a, in any way shape or form because that's just not how they roll love that video of la violette that's been circulating since since the hire of him ripping the room just i want you to rip your heart out of your chest and put it on the ice in this period probably for a regular season game and i think that that's some i i remember one time during the regular season i think it was adam fox said that 
Gerard Gallant came to the room and said, we're not losing this game, which Gallant didn't do that a lot, but they respond. They, we've seen that they can respond to that kind of emotion and passion. So I think that La Violette has that. And I think that that will be a, a very welcome change in the locker room. I, I do too. But I, I, I also think that it's interesting because he also fills in the blanks where he is and, and I don't want to denigrate Gallant, but you no, know, we're not. We're not. You know, he he. You know, Laviolette is is more is more tactically proficient. I think he believes in in matching lines. I mean, that's that's not an exception. That you know, Gallant really was the exception, and um, in, in really not you know not not really paying much attention at all to matching lines. And 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 again, we talked about you know how. Our strengths are weaknesses in in all of us, right? And um, our strengths are are our weaknesses. Um, his strength was to empower players by saying, "Just go out and play. Go out and play." You know, I'm not looking over your shoulder. Go out, go out and play. But at this point, you know, you know, and especially when you get into the, the playoffs, um, you're you're facing an opposition. You're facing opposition that is honing in on every weakness you have. You know, game after game, you have to put players in their best position to succeed. And just and 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 I and this is simplistic. I'm sure Gallant just didn't say, "Go out and play." You know, do, do what you want. You know, I mean, he, he didn't do that. But the players felt, and again, as I, as I wrote after the hire, it's it's going to be on the players now because they've they've gone through these two coaches, and, and they got the guy that they wanted. They, Right. And and, you know, so but the players, I think, need like Mika's advantage. Ed needed help. Artemi Panarin needed help. And, you know, not to you know, we're talking two years ago when when they when they went to the conference finals, even not to try and move advantage away from the uh, Jordan Stahl match against Carolina. You have to you have you, know, you, you have to coach these these guys. You have to give them. You have to put them in in a better position to succeed, and I think that's what Laviolette will do. I think he's, you know, he he brings structure. There wasn't a lot of structure, and again, it sounds like we're just bashing, you know, Gallant, bashing this team that that had the fifth best record in the league over the last two years, two hundred and seventeen points, the, the fifth best. Um, you know, they did win thirteen playoff games over the two years, only three this year. Um, but but you know, but there was a disconnect at the end. There just was. If you know, you don't not show up for three of the final four games of a best of seven series, and 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 you know, oh, I feel like we're reliving it. And just move on. So no, so I think that Laviolette does bring that emotion, and I. But I also think he brings the tactical um, expertise, where he will be able to put the Rangers in a better position to win. Now, again, it's going to be a challenge. I don't know how the Rangers constructed checking line, and I've talked about this forever. You need a shutdown line to win in the NHL. You may not need one to, to rack up 110 points or 105 points. You need a shutdown line to win in the playoffs. You need a matchup line to succeed in the playoffs. I look at the this Ranger personnel. I don't see where it's coming from. Um, so this is going to be a challenge. And again, burden on Laviolette, burden on the players, burden on Chris Jury to give Laviolette players who can fill roles that the Rangers need to fill. And 
with a with a cap situation, I cannot figure out. I mean, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> black yeah. and white, it's right there. But I see, you know, whatever it is, 11 point, and I, I don't have it off the top of my head, it's 11.5, 11.7 to fill eight spots. And two of them are Keandre Miller and Alexi Lafreniere. So I don't even know how the math is going to work. I, I have no idea. Obviously, it's going to be a very challenging summer for Drury because he not only has to fit guys into the cap, he has to improve the team and he has to make the team harder to play against. Again, going back to two years, that's that was their objective two years ago. So they traded for and signed Barkley Goodrow. They traded for Ryan Reeves. They brought in Dryden Hunt. There was another player. They brought in Patrick Nemeth, who they, you know, they thought was going to be a big body, you know, a big body back there who was going to be visible. And all of these guys are gone, except for Goodrow. So they have to replenish that with no money. And, you know, and... You're painting and, a pretty bleak picture here, Larry. <laughs> We're supposed to be, yeah. Welcome to New York lobby. <laughs> We're supposed to be banging the drums on this hire, and you're like, I don't see how this is gonna work. No, but I, I you know, he's got to construct a checking line. I'm not sure where it's coming from, but you know, that's kind of his job, not ours. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to worry about that. Thank God. <laughs> Well, it seems like the easy part is done, and now the tough part, like you said, begins. Uh, as we as we said in high school, Larry Hags, have a good summer, uh, and we'll we'll talk to uh, the next big signing. Although there might not be many. Sounds good. See you guys. He just gave me so much. <laughs> All righty. Larry painting that picture as bleak as possible. It is not the Mona Lisa. It is a bleak picture. And I say big signings. Who knows if they will be able to do anything? There might be a lot of small ones. And if so, we might not see you for another three months here and up in the blue seats. As that wraps up episode 126, thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me in producing and joining the show. And thanks to Larry Brooks for joining us all season long. Molly, uh, what do you think of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights? You know, uh, Stanley Cup champion. We didn't even mention that. It was like, you know, a team just wins a championship last night and we do a podcast. doesn't come up. But what do you think? First, uh, first title. Listen, we're a Rangers podcast. We got to start with the Rangers news. But yes, congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights and their fans who have been waiting six long years for it to happen. Um, no, it's absolutely epic. I mean, did you see them partying at, I think it was Omnia, which I've been there before, might I add, um, with Steve Ioki just DJing the after party of the Stanley Cup. The parade is going to be electric. I mean... Everybody that's pissed off about the Golden Knights winning, look, I get their cap situation and the expansion draft, and they had Jonathan Marchessault, their Conn Smythe winner, handed to them on a silver platter. I get the frustration, but it's great for the game. It's great for the league. It's great for the city of Vegas. I'm very excited. I thought it was a great series. You got to tip your cap to the Florida Panthers. They had an unbelievable run. Matthew Kachuk playing with a broken sternum in game four. I mean, what's better than hockey? Am I right? So I think it was I, I think it was a great Stanley Cup final. And um, I'm excited to see what happens next year now. Yeah, Vegas championship is pretty sick. You know, my buddy uh, Kaylee does their social media. This was her first year and she got to win a championship, which is just an insane start to the job. And the cup literally at the club, you know, it's Steve Aoki with throwing cakes at people. Like, you I know, love it. 
I mean, cakes being thrown at people, cups at a, at a club in Las Vegas. I mean, that's what life is all about, right? Like for most people. So congrats to the Golden Knights. One in five years as the Rangers have had one in, uh, what a lot, 60 years now? No, we're not going to talk about it. Well, hopefully that changes with Peter Laviolette as head coach. I'm sure Rangers fans are groaning and moaning right now, but give it a shot. And the guy has a good track record in the past. All right, Molly, we uh, will talk to you at some point in this generation over the summer. We'll see what happens. Make sure you catch up on all old episodes by subscribing to the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Give us a thumbs up there. Comment below. What do you think of the Laviolette hire? Do you like it? Do you don't? Why? Why not? Let us know in the comments section. Follow Molly on Twitter at Molly Walker. That's two E's, two R's. Follow me at Jake Brown Radio. And, of course, subscribe wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon. Catch up on old, all old episodes. And uh, we'll see you sometime later this summer. Everyone stay safe. And thanks for listening to Up in the Blue Seats. Ta-ta.